Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool Welcome, welcome, welcome to all my Gridiron constituents out there. Today is Thursday, June 25th, and you are listening to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Wide Receivers episode. I am Huck Breeze, a.k.a. Sex Raptor, joined by Max, a.k.a. General Ulysses S. Grant, and the youngest member of the Gridiron, Matt Kozlowski, who is entering his sophomore year. How are you all doing today? I don't think it's fair to call him the youngest you know I, I think i'm still the youngest uh, i mean you've been in for what this is going on your ninth he's, year he's like the the newest member of the league i'm you know i sure. prefer freshest. Fre- freshest freshest see that's yeah, fine. fine okay that's that's good how are you doing cause doing well man great to be here yeah uh yeah. i i didn't mention a team name because i still feel like you're trying to develop some roots in the league but uh do you have any ideas of what you're going to go with 2020 I might stick with cause and pain. Okay. Might change the spelling a little bit. Um, thinking about right. going to Poopy 2 since Ooh. it's my second year. Yeah. That's good. Feeling it out. See what we get back from the guys. There's nothing that drives fear into the opponent like the Poopy 2. We've all I just think it would be cool to have uh, the Poopy 2 on the trophy this year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't doubt it. I do, I do not doubt uh, with your draft position, you, you very well could be on the trophy this year. But all right, uh, so, cause we don't get to talk to you on the podcast. I don't think you were at all on at all last year, correct? Correct. Correct. So, uh, want to talk to you? How are you dealing with this pandemic? Um, all right. Been working from home since March. Uh, yep. Play a lot of Settlers of Catan online. Mm-hmm. Um, play some disc golf every once in a while with Spillman. Okay. Um, haven't really gone out to any restaurants or bars just yet waiting for everybody else to figure out how that goes. So you're telling me you played disc golf here in the Woodlands without me? Oh yeah, multiple times. So it's fear that you guys are, are concerned with. Because uh, I've, I've never lost to Spillman. I've played with Spillman multiple <laughs> times, never lost to him. Um, I so. don't think I've lost to Spillman either. Yeah. By the back nine, he's pretty fucked up. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Next time y'all go, uh, let me know, though. We don't have to hug and kiss each other. Just without the hugs and kisses, we can play. All right. uh, but, yeah, so you want to fill in everybody in on uh, where you're going or what you're doing? Uh, when's your move date? So we are planning on moving out to Fort Collins, Colorado, um, end of July-ish. Cool. Spending a few weeks there before I have to start work. Well, I mean, a few weeks after the end of July is the draft. So, how, how are you going to get there? Is that going to that going to be a wild few weeks for you? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a long drive. I would mm-hmm. prefer to drive there, but I think it's pretty close to twenty four hours. Yeah. Um, so I will most likely fly if we're going to be doing the draft this year. Yeah, Pensacola, or what are you what are you feeling? Probably Pensacola, and then just rent a car and come in. Cool. All right. Okay. So I want to talk to you guys about uh, our draft. Again, I know COVID's not getting any better. In fact, it's getting worse in states like Texas and, and Florida. Um, 
again, I still hold hope uh, that our draft isn't affected in any major way because of this. I hope people are smart wearing their masks, being safe, and uh, we try to flatten the curve at least a little bit uh, going into August. But um, I've acknowledged that in some way, the food that we eat is probably going to be affected by this pandemic. Um, I like the food that we had last year. Um, I know we had some campfire style, campfire style cooking on the inside um, by Clay, making some ranch style beans, eggs, toast. Uh, we had a chip bar, which was which was great. Um, I really liked it. So this year, uh, what are you thinking uh, to prevent us from going to grocery stores, et cetera, or or exposing ourselves to uh, too much. What what do you think is a good idea for food? Cause, um, um, well, I think if the uh, rum ham could be there again this year, that'd be mm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if Trevor wanted to go ahead and smoke a rack of ribs for everybody at the draft, I would totally pitch in on that if yeah. that was an option. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, everybody has their own personal rib rack? No. Yeah. At least one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At least one rack. Gotcha. Yeah. I know. So, what that does, though, is it makes one person uh, have to drive all the way there with these meats. I mean, you can't stop. Um, I mean, I guess you could. I, I just don't know the the staying power of meats in a cooler for 48 hours or even three days, 72 hours. Um, but Max, what do you, what do you think about uh, food ideas for a draft coming up? I mean, my question is how much more dangerous are grocery stores in Florida than they are in Texas? You know, right like now. if you, uh, well, right now it's about the, about equal. Um, <laughs> that being said, I think, I mean, it's not going to be like last year where a bunch of us can go to a store together and start picking shit out. Um, I think people taking individual trips and honestly, we might want to rely a little bit more on getting food delivered this year, doing some of that uh, contactless delivery, maybe getting just like 10 pizzas delivered draft day and, and go to town on those. Um, a lot of pizzas. Okay. Well, eight pizzas, whatever you think would, would feed a pizza. Yeah. Well, for a full day for a, for I'm talking lunch and dinner, order some mm. wings with it, you know, make mm. it an event. That yeah. being said, I agree with cause. I would really like to see uh rack of ribs from Trevor. I'll give a, a rib and my 10th round pick for somebody's eighth round pick. You know, if, if each of us gets one, <laughs> by, that, by that point in the draft, we're all pretty drunk. And, you know, I could see Clay going, oh, I need another rib. Trading picks for uh, picks for ribs. Yeah. No, actually, Clay, uh, funny you say that. Clay was talking to me the other day about um, he got some ribs from a homeless man um, and it made him sick. So we do know that ribs uh, are a are a favorite of Clay's. All right, I'm taking them off my rib trade target list. Then Shedig, Shedig is my go-to. I think rib that trade you get you get a pretty pick uh, from Clay on these ribs. So. You think so? Yeah, yeah. He's, okay. he, I mean, just because he took it from a homeless man doesn't mean that he's not a rib connoisseur. I mean, maybe he just wanted to try it out. Uh, maybe it's like a he's soured on ribs after that experience. I would. Maybe. Or homeless people. We'll just have to see. But yeah, no, I'm thinking that uh, you're probably right. That if we're taking the risk uh, to go, how 
bad would it be to go to a grocery store or a meat market in Florida if you're in and out, you don't. I mean, what we're talking about here, what my view on COVID-19 is that as long as you're avoiding people, people without masks, as long as you are avoiding that, you are safer than, you know, if you're being in close contact with somebody, whether they have COVID, COVID or not. Um, I don't think it's spread, and it, again, I'm not a doctor, but I don't think it's spread on surfaces as much as we thought it was maybe six months ago. Um, so touching counters and different grocery items might not be as bad as maybe, you know, being in close contact with a, a grocery store worker or whatever. I think an in and out trip might be acceptable. Um, and so what I was thinking personally is to Cajun it up, uh, get some boudin, uh, some gator in Louisiana, um, bring it. Those are always favorites of mine and, uh, and it could always, uh, create a good draft eating environment. Um, I know we had spicy boudin at the baseball draft one time and it was a big hit. So yeah, I had a lot of it. Yep. So those are my thoughts on the food. Uh, so I think we've heard only positivity out of our, our wide receiver point change initiative. Uh, so what I wanted to ask both of you is, do you like the change? And would you vote for it starting with cause? I do like the change. Um, I think I would absolutely vote for it. Um, I think that this gives the wide receivers a bump that's uh, much necessary mm -hmm. and without really affecting the running backs. Um, I'm really, and I'm coming new into this league, still relatively new. Um, and I know that the tradition is to be very quarterback dominant, yeah. um, but I am a fan of anything that balance out, balances out this dominance. Mm -hmm. um, I think that quarterbacks get a Yeah. I sound like a what? Robot man cause. <laughs> sound like robot man cause. <laughs> can you, can you hear us? You can hear us pretty Still? clear, right? Yeah. I can hear y'all clear, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think you're you're okay now. Um, we didn't catch anything you said. It was just like, meow, meow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to edit that. The whole that, that was time. Still a little bit. Still pretty robot, Manny. Yeah, still pretty robot, man. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've got Cause back. Um, you know, you went through the ringer there. Uh, but if you wanted to continue, what did you think of this, this, uh, this vote to lower the amount of yards for, per point from 15 to 10 for wide receivers? Oh, I think it's great. Um, I'll absolutely vote for this come August. Mm -hmm. um, I think it gives the wide, wide receivers a much needed bump without really affecting the running backs. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a real big fan of anything that balances out the QB dominance of the league. I think having two QBs is, su- is sufficient to preserve the tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, but the amount of points that they generate versus the other positions uh, can really play a toll on other pe- on people if, they're, if their quarterbacks go down with an injury. Right. I think me and Shedig are both uh, pretty good examples last year of what this can do to somebody's season. Um, this really isn't the case for any other position. Um, it's pretty easy to cycle through running backs or wide receivers if they go down. Um, and I also think that changes like this will allow a variety of the allow for a variety of team compositions um, to compete for the top spots in the league, uh, which will make things like what Chase did last year, which I think was awesome, um, kind of a fluke, but awesome, um, a lot more prevalent uh, throughout the league. See, that's a good point. Uh, I like. The, the fact that you brought up of different compositions vying for the top spot. There's not just a, you know, from about 2000, I'm going to say eight or nine to 2016, there was one blueprint to try to win a championship in this league. And that was have a quarterback, one of the top two or three people in the league, and then fill your team in accordingly. And now it's not like that. Uh, and I think as, as the more we bring that together, uh, the, the better it is for our league. Max, what do you think? Would you vote for this rule? Yeah, I love it. I love it. We went through all the math in the text message. I know we were all looking at last year's results, Michael Thomas specifically, how it affects everything. I didn't even save the numbers because it just makes sense. You know, Mm -hmm. I I don't think running backs need to be buffed or increased in any way. And I don't want to hurt quarterbacks. I don't want to take them down in any way because – it's one of the reasons this league is unique and it's accurate to the sport. Um, but just wide receivers need a little bit more love, uh, especially if we're going to say quarterbacks are this important. Passing is the most important thing in the NFL. It just doesn't make any sense for wide receivers not to be uh, reflected a little bit better in the scoring. Yeah. So, and I totally understand that. Uh, and it it does give a tiny little boost. I, I think uh, for people like Austin Eckler and stuff like that, I'll give 20 to 30 points on their end, uh, end of the year statistics. So let me ask you this. Would you choose to go over uh, – would you, would you change the way you look at wide receivers when we change this rule? Would you go like uh, air yards, people like Mike Evans, you know, the people that they bomb it out, or – uh, people with catch percentage, short yardage guys. Does this change the way you look at uh, people like that, Cause? Uh Yeah, I think so. Uh, so last year I had three wide receivers in the top 10 for touchdowns mm-hmm. last year. I had Galladay at 11, Godwin at 9, and Baby Shark at 8. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that this change might reduce the dependence of wide receivers on, on touchdowns a little bit. Um, and I think that this will make players like DJ Moore more enticing who had – 1,100 yards last year, but only four touchdowns since the Panthers just dumped it off the CMC to finish the drive. Yep. Um, I also think that players on teams who move the ball but can't score touchdowns, like the Browns in Chicago, uh, might also be a little bit more attractive. Yeah. Max, what do you think? Uh, it wouldn't change how I value wide receivers that much. Um, as far as, like, if you're saying, does this make the value of a short yardage receiver lower? I'm going to say maybe, but uh, ultimately yardage yardage and touchdowns have been king regardless. You know, I've, I'm looking at the scoring uh, wide receivers two through six last season. Didn't have 100 catches. Like uh, Kenny Galladay was sixth. He had 65 catches. 
you know, mm-hmm. those guys that are able to light up the stat sheet any given game, catch a 60-yard pass and do it consistently, score touchdowns, get targeted in the red zone, those mm-hmm. are still going to be the guys that score the most points. This, if anything, is just going to make them stronger. Um, but ultimately, it, it, the important thing is that it makes the whole position stronger. And I think that's what we're looking for. Yeah. People like Mike Williams for the Chargers. He had two touchdowns last year. Uh, I think he was probably unowned for the second half second uh, half of the season last year. He's just not somebody that anybody wanted on their team. If you can constantly get in the 70, 80, 90 yard range, uh, you're at least putting up those points, at least six, seven, eight points, um, which is serviceable week to week. Uh, so you're not so touchdown dependent, like Kaz said. So I think this doesn't hurt the short yardage guys, the the Edelmans and the and the people that get the dump offs, but it does really help those guys who stretch the field um, and may or may not score touchdowns on a week to week basis. Uh, so let's talk about draft position. So last year, Michael Thomas finished as number thirty uh, overall points in our league, uh, and he had an especially great year. So that's if you had to rank that out to last year's pick, if you had to rank it out and redraft, it would have been the second pick in the third round. That's where Michael Thomas belonged. Uh, that's without the point increase that we proposed. So if this increase goes through, which it probably will, where's the top place where you would pick a wide receiver? And would it be like first round or would it be later on second round? Uh, Cos, we'll start with you. I don't know. I know, is, I know. I know we're a month out, so. Yeah, this is a tough one for me. I think, you know, traditionally wide receivers go in the third and fourth rounds. I think they mm-hmm. match about their point, um, point expectations, if you will. Um, last year I took Thielen in the fourth. Uh, I think that was a little bit early for him. I think that was a little bit too spindy. Um, I think I'm just going to have to wait and see how it plays out. Um, but I do think, you know, what Michael Thomas did last year um, and only getting 30th overall is pretty weak. Um, and, and again, I'm all for elevating wide receiver dominance in the league, not necessarily dominance, but at least they're making them a contender for first and second round picks. Um, mm-hmm. Seeing how this plays out, I wouldn't be opposed to taking one second, at least second mm-hmm. round. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what we did was if we did the increase, Michael Thomas, I think, would have been top 20. Uh, I think we said 15, 16, something like that, uh, beating out quarterbacks like Stafford uh, and Jared Goff, people like that. So uh, what we're talking about, really, if we're doing you know last year's uh, draft rankings, he would have been right there at the end of the first round, beginning of the second. I'm not – confident that anybody is going to reach that high for somebody like Michael Thomas this year, but does it belong there? Max, what do you think? I would absolutely in any other year, take a wide receiver in the first round, even without this change, I would consider it. If I would have known Michael Thomas was going to do this last year, I would have taken him mid to late first round because it's not just about total points. It's points above replacement. You know, I can get, you're right. Derek Carr is going to score more points than Michael Thomas, but Michael Thomas is going to score a lot more points than Keenan Allen, nor DJ Moore or Amari Cooper, you know? So it's just, 
that you, I think you have to look at it that way for this season. Um, I don't think Michael Thomas finishes as the number one receiver. And if I did, if I thought he was going to repeat what he did last year, I'd be looking at him with either the eighth pick or the 13th pick. I have both of those. And I would look at him. I would almost certainly pick him in the 13th with the 13th pick. Um, if I thought he was going to get the same stats as last year. Yeah. A lot of people don't get that wins or not wins, but the value above a replacement. So, you know, this person's going to score more points, but the person that is in- inevitably more valuable is Michael Thomas uh, just because he's a receiver. And just because the, the competition for that spot is not as good. Um, and I think that's what keeps the people who are at the top at the top and the people who aren't doing very well at the bottom. So I don't want to dig into that too much. Um, but yes, I think that's exactly uh, what, it, what it means. For me, I don't think that this is the year that we come out and say, okay, this person's a first rounder. I know a first round, uh, a wide receiver hasn't been taken in the first round since I think John Breeze did it in 11 or 12. Uh, nobody's dared to do that. Even not with Antonio Brown? I feel like he was a first-round pick sometime in the last, like, five. No, he has definitely been a second-rounder, Antonio Brown. Has definitely been a second-rounder. I remember he was a second-rounder with Chase three years ago. Um, But, yeah. So, I absolutely do think that in the next three or four years that people start to really crunch the numbers and say, okay, wide receivers, like, like Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams can go late first, early second. Um, and it really, really kind of uh, juggles the, the quarterback spectrum and the running back spectrum as well. Um, but this year, I just don't see it happening because people are guessing on the, the point increase. So we'll just have to see uh, what happens here. But before we jump into these receiver rankings and what y'all think, I wanted to ask you, what are you drinking, Cause? Uh, uh, thank you for asking. I am <laughs> sipping a Templeton Rye six Ooh. years. Wow. Wow. That's very classy. Very classy. Max, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Revolver Blood and Honey. That's good. Good to hear. Good to hear. I am going with the Great White Buffalo, Buffalo Bayou, sticking in Houston here. Um, gonna, you know, it's my weekend. So Thursday nights are usually, uh, are now podcast nights and they will be hopefully until, uh, until next, uh, February when we have a vaccine, hopefully Fauci told me that personally. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Thursday night's a, a reason to celebrate where we can talk about football, have a few drinks. Um, let's get started here. Uh, what we're going to do is we are going to go through our rankings of receivers, top to bottom, uh, each division, just like we have with quarterbacks and running backs. And then we'll each talk about one receiver that interests us, whether it be good or bad. So let's start with the AFC North with Kaz. Shoot. All right. Time to get the worst out of the way first. <laughs> um, so for the Bengals, I guess I got A.J. Green. Um, if he's healthy, there's really just really don't know what to expect from Burrow. I know that there's a lot of talk about his decision making, um, but that's in college football. I think he's going to still be adjusting quite a bit to the speed of, of the NFL. Um, next on my list for the Ravens, I got Hollywood Brown. 
Uh, Ravens really don't have shit for wide receivers. I, I, I don't really know how Lamar did so well last year. Um, can, he, can, he, can he throw the ball? Is that a thing? Um, I guess we'll, we'll find see. out. Yeah, we'll yeah. find out. We'll see. Um, for the Browns, I got OBJ. I know he's going to be 28 this year, and he's just coming out of surgery. Um, but I think he's still got a lot of life in him. There's no way that Baker's going to be as bad as he was last year. Um, and I think that's going to only play out well for OBJ if he can stay healthy. They got a new offensive coordinator. Um, but, I mean, he's coming from Cincinnati. He's working with the Red Rockets. Really kind of tough to know how he's going to really make an impact for the, for the Browns' offense. But, like I said, they can only go up from last year. Right. Um, and my guy for the AFC North is going to be Juju Smith. Um, I'm a skeptic. I'm a, I'm a big Ben skeptic. I'll admit it. Um, I don't think he's got much left in the tank. I'd be surprised if he makes it through the season. Um, he looks way out of shape. He looks like what I looked like when I weighed 240 pounds, if you remember those days. Um, How but, tall were you back then? Uh, big Ben size? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I got to take Juju out of this one. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, Max, what do you think? So the wide receiver I was most interested in and the one I looked into the most was OBJ. I had him on my team last year. I tried to trade for him all season long, finally got him, and he didn't do shit for me. Um, I had him and Baker, and that was a train wreck. Um, Then the news came out that OBJ was injured last season. He had the surgery, and so he should be a lot better. So I wanted to look at his 2018 stats and see what we could expect. And I know he was playing for, you know, a different team, but I was like, okay, this is – this is going to be comparable, right? So he had an almost identical air yards per reception last year or in 2018 as he did last year. Um, and he had slightly more yards after catch per reception last year than he did in 2018, which confuses me a little bit. Cause like I said, he's supposed to be injured last year. You know, he was hurting all last year and yet his advanced metrics were better than he was in New York. My hope is that that has something to do with quarterback play and that Baker's just that much better than Eli was in 2018 because Eli was a train wreck then. Um, and, you know, OBJ was still on and off the field a little bit in 2018. Um, as far as the division goes, I mean, the Browns are what I'm most interested in between him and Landry. My only concern with them is target share. They added Hooper. They've got receiving running backs out of the backfield. It's just they still have Joku. There's only so many targets to go around. Um, the Steelers are a toss-up for me. They were the droppiest team in the NFL last year. Mm-hmm. But, but how much of that had to do with quarterback play? I don't know. You know, you had a smush face Betch quarterback, um, and now Big Ben's coming back. They should be better, theoretically. Juju should be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I want any part of the Ravens offense. I like Philly Brown. I was surprised that he wasn't one of the uh, – one of the deep threats from advanced metrics. I feel like there were a bunch of those plays that we would catch on red zone where it's like, oh, 60 yard pass. He just burned everybody. But it turns out they threw a lot to him behind the line. Um, and really those were kind of breakout plays. Those were broken plays where he just beat everybody. We'll see if he can get a little bit more of those this year, but you know, it's the Ravens offense. And I've been pretty vocal about wanting to avoid uh, Bengals. And it has everything to do with their offensive line. That's all. I'm interested in T. Higgins. I mean, he could be, he could be kind of a breakout guy with uh, injured A.J. Green and uh, overrated Tyler Boyd. 
Uh, Boyd's just, he's droppier than people think. He won't break a tackle. He, you know, I, I think he's an average wide receiver that got way too many targets in the past. If AJ Green's healthy and T Higgins is healthy, they could protect the quarterback. I'll be wrong, but I won't be drafting any Bengals wide receivers this year. I mean, I have full confidence that AJ Green was healthy uh, for the final weeks last year and decided, and chose not to play uh, for obvious reasons. The Bengals were not in any competition. Um, as far as the OBJ thing, I think that part of the OBJ thing was that they were playing awful. And when you're playing awful to protect your own interests uh, as a player who was usually in the top echelon, uh, you fake an injury. Or you say you played injured the next year. Um, and that's why. You make up reasons why things were bad. You can't just go. I mean, the value of yourself as a player depends on your talent. You have to make up a reason why you were bad the year before. Well, he definitely had distractions. He got benched, you know, at the end of the season in 2018. Yes. And people so, were talking about in the offseason, is he going to get traded, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, but I will say this. Let me do my rankings here real quick. I got Beckham, Smith-Schuster, Green, Boyd, Landry, uh, Deontay Johnson, then Hollywood Brown, T. Higgins, and Washington to finish it up. Um, I'm not on the Hollywood Brown train this year. Uh, I remember week one last year, uh, he had 147 yards, two touchdowns. That was the game against the Dolphins where we talked about can Lamar Jackson throw, and he, I think he threw six touchdowns. I, God, I think I had uh, a chubby the whole day um, week one last year, that, that Sunday. You know, and I thought Hollywood Brown and Lamar Jackson were going to be like the hookup all year long. Uh, he never really reached that. At the, I mean, for the rest of the year, he was kind of in the background. I mean, they, they ran the option. When it comes to wide receiver for me, as most positions, I'm highly influenced by how a player ended the year and not how they started the year. Um, so... Really, honestly, he fizzled the end of the year. The Ravens threw for 439 times last year, which was fourth least in the NFL. There's just not a lot of draft equity there. That's why I have him below two Browns receivers and also two Bengals receivers. <laughs> so I have him, I have Beckham, Beckham and Landry above Hollywood and Green Boyd above Hollywood. Uh, I just think that when you're watching and whoever has Lamar Jackson this year will watch the Ravens play and they will say, wow, he's, he's hit Mark Andrews. Wow. He's hitting, you know, this other tight end. Wow. He's, he's tossing it out to JK Dobbins or he's just running the ball uh, or, you know, Willie Sneak. You might see games where Hollywood Brown gets two catches for 15 yards. That's not going to win you any weeks. Uh, so to me, Hollywood Brown, I'm out. All right, moving on to the next division, everybody's favorite division, AFC East. Cos, what do you think? All right, so uh, starting out with the Jets, I guess. Uh, does anybody <laughs> like the Jets besides me? <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe on Bell's the entire offense. Maybe if they get that tight end back, he's just going to take away catches from Crowder. I just really don't see much 
point or much of a point of talking about the Jets at all. Uh, Patriots, eh, nobody knows what's going to happen with the Patriots. I guess Edelman in the slot's the guy. Uh, you got Keneal Harry who's coming into his second season. You might see some production out of him um, now that he knows the offense a little bit better. Um, but still, the new QB is going to certainly shock the system quite a bit. Um, even with Edelman as my number one on the Patriots, I still don't see him being more than a wide receiver three um, fringe at best, to be honest with you. Um, moving to the Bills, we got the Diggs move, um, who was surprisingly only 20, the wide receiver 23 last year, and John Brown. Um, I really think that they're just going to eat each other up. Uh, Diggs really hasn't, play, hasn't played all 16 games in the last five years of the league. Um, but I do like Cole Beasley on buys. Um, I picked him up late in the season last year, and I would swing him for at least, you know, two or three catches, but he typically always picked up um, a touchdown, at least when he was on my team. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my sleeper pick here, I'm going with my number one for the AFC East is Devontae Parker. I know mm-hmm. it's the Dolphins. Um, I'm really not invested in any kind of two magic. But still, he was the wide receiver 11 last year in our league. He was the fifth overall in yards for wide receivers last year, even with all the, even with all the uh, Miami, Miami quarterback bullshit last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would be my guy if I had to take somebody out of the AFC East. Interesting. Max? Uh, I'll tell you what, I would kill that bird. <laughs> like, yeah. For sure. Goddamn woman bird. Sure. Don't they know we're doing a podcast? Freaking woodlands, man. No. Birds. Um, so you miss I like that it. noise. We all miss that noise. Well, you know. I, I like the AFC East a lot. I know I was pretty vocal about how much. Well, okay. When I say I like the AFC East a lot, yeah. I, I hate Back their quarterbacks. I hate their quarterbacks. I like Josh Allen a lot. Um, and specifically Stefan Diggs. I was super high on Josh Allen when we were talking quarterbacks because of Stefan Diggs. And so he's the guy I looked into the most. Um, so there were only five players in the NFL last year that qualified as far as like, I think it's like 40 targets, something like that, that had at least 13 air yards per reception. Guys that ran deep for all their catches. Um, and Diggs was the only one out of all those players with a catch rate over 57%, which most of them were around 54 to 57. His was 67%. The dude just, he ran deep and he caught it, caught everything that was thrown to him. I know Kirk Cousins is a, a decent quarterback, but like he's just talented. Um, and then whenever you pair that with the fact that uh, last season, John Brown was also top 10 in air yards per reception secondaries are going to have to deal with so much shit when they face the bills. The fact that both these guys can be running deep and you know, you've got Josh Allen moving around in the pocket. They've got some uh, short yardage targets too. It's just, I I love that offense. I I would want multiple players from that offense if I could. Um, On the flip side. So I don't want any dolphins unless I pick up Preston Williams off waivers. I really liked Preston Williams last year. He was my bold pickup when we did a podcast last year. I was like, all right, this guy is going to score a touchdown this week. And he did. And then he got injured in the touchdown and he was off. He was done for the year. He's a really talented receiver. They're going to have to throw a lot. I guess he's okay. Um, Aside from that, the only note that I have is Edelman. Edelman led the league in drops last year. 
Not only that, he got targeted a lot. He was fourth in percentage of passes thrown to him that were dropped. It was over 7%, which, you know, I, I think in order to stick around in the league, you need to be able to reel in the, the passes that are thrown to you. That's evident by the fact that if we look at drop percentage, top 25 players, the only one over the age of 30 is Edwin, and he was being thrown to by the best quarterback of all time. Um, I think now that Brady's gone, Edelman's going to be exposed for being not actually that good of a wide receiver. I think he's benefited a lot from the offense. Um, and maybe he was better younger in his career. I didn't look that deep. Didn't look at, you know, 2015, 2016 stats, but I, you know, spoiler, he's, he's going to be one of my, I absolutely will not draft him this year, regardless of who their quarterback is. Okay. And then, you know, Jets, <laughs> whatever. I'll take Crowder, I guess, if he's available really late, just because he'll catch a lot of passes, but I don't think he'll get you many yards. I have Crowder high on my list. I I will admit that I looked at the Jets depth chart last year, uh, or earlier, I'm sorry, not last year, earlier this year, um, talking about Sam Darnold's outlook, Le'Veon Bell's outlook, and I said, yeah, it's trash. It still is trash. I'm not saying that it's that it's anywhere close to uh, the Jets of old. But what I will say is that I have – that James Crowder and uh, Brashawn Perriman have piqued my interest. Brashawn Perriman had a pretty successful end of the year. So if we're talking about finishing the year hot, he finished the year with the Redskins pretty good, and that's why he got a contract with the Jets. So if he could continue that at all, um, that is something to look at. I mean, we're not talking about – anybody that's selected in the top 10, 12, 13 rounds, we're talking about end of the draft kind of guy, but Rashad Perriman is somebody to look at that had a hot streak to end the year last year. And if he can parlay that in this year, somebody to um, check out. So it's funny because uh, I also was way high on Devontae Parker. Let me do my rankings here real quick. In the division in order, Diggs, Parker, Edelman, Crowder, uh, and Keel Harry, Rashad Perriman, uh, Preston Williams, Brown, Mims, and Sanu. So Devontae Parker from week 11 until the end of the season had the most yards, not in the AFC East, but in the NFL, 733. Prior to that, we saw what Max talked about, semi-breakout for Preston Williams. So most weeks last year, if not all weeks, the Miami Dolphins had a wide receiver one or two on their team. Uh, I know that sounds crazy, uh, but they did. I know they suck on the offense, but the offense will be on the field a lot. And Parker has shown to me that he's not just a volume guy. He's a really good receiver. If you've ever watched him play, he's the kind of guy that catches the ball and you say, wow, how'd you catch that? Oh my God, double coverage. Took it down. Um, he's, he's, he's a good player. So uh, I like him as a wider, wide receiver too, for sure. Um, the other receivers in this in this division don't interest me, but I will say that I still think the Patriots are the Patriots, and somebody's got to catch those balls. That's why I haven't killed Harry so high on my list here, um, because I think either him or Edelman are going to be volume guys and are going to catch the ball, um, and it may be you know five ten yard catches uh, at a time for whoever's playing quarterback for the Patriots, but. Uh, but I am interested to see what happens there. And they are pretty high on my draft boards. 
Uh, let's move on to a division that we know a lot about, the AFC South. Cause, what do you think? All right. So uh, starting out with the Colts, I got T.Y. Hilton. I know he's getting old. He's going to be 30. or is 30. Um, it's hard to talk about wide receivers without talking about quarterbacks. Um, I don't like Phillip Rivers. I think he makes bad decisions. Um, I think I agree with Max on that one from the quarterback talk. Um, and I think that there's, he's still going to be cutting time with Brissett. I think they're, they're going to mix him in there. Um, for the Texans, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know, man. Like, you know, it brings a little tear to my eye having to talk about Texans wide receivers on the podcast <laughs> this year. Um, I guess Brandon Cooks is my guy. Will follow the fourth if he can stay healthy. I liked him. Uh, Kenny Stills, I drafted him last year. Um, I actually got some good trade. Um, got some good good trade bait for him. I think I traded him for um, for Rudolph or whatever his name was. Yeah, that's with correct. Cameron when, uh, when Trubisky went down, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, the Jags, DJ Chomp just killed it last year. Yeah. Uh, um, I love him. Gardner loves him when he's in. You'll love him if he's on your team. If I don't get him again. Um, but he, I will say, is very Gardner dependent. When Gardner wasn't in, if Gardner was having a bad game, uh, DJ Shark also had a bad game. Um, so just a little red flag there for you. Westbrook sucks. Um, I would never draft him, but we'll get to that later. Um, and then I got my number one guy, A.J. Brown. I think he's, he's also coming to his second year. He had a great season last year. He's a top 15 wide receiver. Uh, the t- Titans were firing last year, as, as you well know. I had my boy, Tannehill, up there, ran, ran it all in. Um, he knows the offense better. I think there's going to be a lot of good production out of him this season. Okay. All right, Max, what do you think? Man, I thought, I thought my take on A.J. Brown was going to be bold. He's your guy. He's your number one guy, cause in the, in the division. In the AFC South, yeah. Yeah, he's mine too. Um, so I haven't been naming my top five just because I'm just picking a couple of players out of the first few divisions. So in the AFC South, I've got A.J. Brown, then Will Fuller, then D.J. Chark, then T.Y., and then Brandon Cooks. Um, my reasoning here – so first of all, I'll, I'll finish with Brown. That's what I, I – as soon as I found out two things about Brown, I looked up everything I possibly could about last season. So I'm going to start with Will Fuller. Will Fuller's on a contract year. I mean, I think we all expect the Texans to win nine or 10 or 11 games this year. That doesn't happen without Will Fuller going off. Brandon Cooks is a huge injury risk and still has like three or four more years on his contract where he's making big money. If he gets injured, if there's a concussion, especially the Texans are going to be super safe with him um, because he financially they're committed to him for the future. Uh, I stills is good, but he's not, incredible i i think this is the year fuller finally stays healthy and earns a big contract it might not be with us because we've seen how o'brien treats star receivers but uh, the narrative just makes sense to me we've seen it so often with contract years um i like dj chark I, gardner Minshew is a toss-up we talked about that a lot but chark has a lot of talent he's by far the best athlete on that offense um and way over fournette who huck loves um T.Y. Hilton, I hate him. I hate him so much. But if they had another quarterback, he would probably be number two for me. But I've got him at number four because what he does best is what Rivers does worst this year. 
like uh, for this coming year. Rivers couldn't throw it deep last year. He couldn't throw it deep accurately. He couldn't throw it deep hard. Like it was just, he was throwing ducks out there. He looked like Chad Pennington. It was terrible. I drafted him in the first round. I watched it a lot. It was very depressing. Um, Mike Williams was victim of a lot of ugly passes. Um, so I, I think T.Y. still has a decent year, but I don't think, even though he's he's aging and things like that, I don't think it's his fault that it's kind of a semi-down year for him. And then Cooks, it's he's got all the talent in the world. It's just whether or not he stays healthy. Uh, I'm ranking him fifth as if he plays 13 games, and that's optimistic, I think. Um, they've still got Stills. They've still got Randall Cobb to fill in after him. So, But for A.J. Brown, I think A.J. Brown is a top five receiver in the NFL this year, maybe top three. Um, so last season, he was 13th in the league in air yards per reception, but also first in yards after catch by, or for, per reception by far. Like, it's not close. Like, next guy's a four yards behind him. There's a lot of samples. Um, he was top 10 in, in, well, I guess bottom 10 in drop rate. He didn't drop the ball. He caught everything. So he's running deep. He's um, catching the ball and running further than anybody else in the league, and he's not dropping it. And on top of that, he's third in the league in broken tackles. He broke a tackle every six receptions, which doesn't sound amazing. When you think about it, most wide receivers catch a ball, they're immediately hit, they go down. Um, you know, he's getting yards after catch by running people over like a tight end. The guy is an absolute beast, even if, like, I, I don't think Tannehill's an incredible quarterback, but they could have, I mean, if Minshew was his quarterback, I would still be pretty confident in him. Um, A.J. Brown is, he's going to break out. He's going to be nuts this year. So, looks like Cause and I are in agreement there. Huck, what do you think? So, I think it's funny how you were surprised by Cause thinking that A.J. Brown was going to be good. He's number one on my list also. It's like we all didn't watch Tannehill to Brown last year in the playoffs just tear people apart, and even in the second half of the season, Brown was amazing. Um, it was the Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown show um, that brought him to the AFC Championship. So uh, I hate the tits, though. Usually I'm like, get those tits away from me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in fantasy and, and watching them and things like that. So it, it yeah. hurts to say right. A.J. Brown's better and more fuller, but he is. Yeah. But uh, from top to bottom, uh, I got Brown, Hilton, Fuller V, DJ Chark, Michael Pittman Jr., Kenny Stills, T.D. Westbrook, uh Paris Campbell, Corey Davis, Brandon Cooks, and Randall Cobb to finish out the division. One thing I want to talk about is Brandon Cooks. Um, I had him last year for a little bit. I watched Brandon Cooks a lot last year um, in the times that he was playing. He disappeared for the Rams. It was not good uh, when he played. This is the third time that Brandon Cooks has been traded. So when you get traded once, like, okay, well, they saw value. And when you get traded twice, uh, it's like, wow, what is wrong with this guy? Three times, it's like, wow, some, he got to a team that thought they wanted him, and then they decided against it. It's like I, there's something wrong with Brandon Cooks. may not be his personality, but there's something wrong. Maybe it's the fact that he has five concussions, that if he gets another one this year, he's going to have to use two hands counting concussions, if he can do that. If he gets a concussion this year, it's a season-ending injury. We're playing football. So that's why there's four receivers. That's why you have Cobb, Stills, 
Fuller. I mean, Fuller's no is made of glass himself, uh, and and uh, and stills. So I don't like Cooks. I don't like Cobb. I do like uh, Fuller V, and I do like Stills. Um, but I want to talk about Fuller V. So it's like betting on an open-ended straight draw in, in poker. So it could be the nuts, or it could be absolutely nothing. Could it, Michael knows this better than anybody. He could be straight fire, or he could, you know, eat one of your bench spots week after week, waiting for him to 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 you know get healthy. So without Hopkins, he could outdo Brown and Hilton. So he could jump to the, the top. Um, he certainly has the talent, but if if he shows any inkling of not being 100% healthy prior to the draft, I'm not going to touch him. And I hate to say that as a fan of the Texans, like Kaz said, um, but I think any receiver or any receivers that line up one to four for Deshaun Watson, he's going to be successful. Any tight end, Deshaun Watson's that talented. Now, I wish we had guys like DeAndre Hopkins. I wish we had, you know, some stars, but I think – People are going to show up for the Texans no matter who it is. It's just up to us to guess who that might be. So uh, something to look at. But uh, that is our AFC South. Let's move over to AFC West. Cause what do you think? All right. So for the Broncos, I got Sutton. Uh, he's the top 20 wide receiver last year. Uh, I know they got that new rookie, Judy. Um, who knows how he'll work out. I think that rookie wide receivers are going to have a really tough time this year. Um, just because of COVID, I think that they're not going to be getting much time with the quarterbacks, um, you know, delayed training camps and, and all that. I think it's gonna, they're going to have a tough time clicking in the league. Um, Keenan Allen's really taken a hit at the Chargers with the, with the quarterback change. Um, honestly, I think Eckler is their number one wide receiver there. Um, but, but yeah, and, and Mike Williams, like you said, I think he's maybe fringe wide receiver three. Um, but he's, I'm not paying too much for him if I, if I pick him up. Um, at the Raiders, all right, I'm in the, I'm in the second year of, of my tenure here in the, in the gridiron, and I have tried my best to not make picks or make decisions based off of loyalties, but I fucking hate the Raiders. Um, so it's really tough for me to, to really, you know, put any stock in, in what they're doing over there besides maybe Waller and Jacobs. Um, but I guess Tyrell Williams, if I had to take one, um, Renfro looks like a little bitch to me, uh, taking selfies in the mirror. Uh, the Chiefs, I got Reek. Obviously, if he can stay healthy, he might be the wide re- number one wide receiver overall. There's a ton of talent there. They distribute it well. Um, but still, Reek's the guy streaking down the field, um, you know, for those 67-yard touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Okay. Max, what do you think? Um, okay. Well, first, Huck, you're not going to like this. Cause, what do you think about Drew Locke? You like Cortland Sutton the best? I think he's just I, naming off teams. I'm oh, naming okay. teams, yeah. So let me preface with I'm going through each team in the division and saying who I would take on that particular team. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Reek's my guy. Yeah. Just making yeah. sure. Yeah. Reek is number one on my list. I didn't look into it on Reek. It's just we all, we've seen it. He's playing for the Chiefs. Uh, there's nothing to say. Um, I like Keenan Allen second best in the division, which seems like it would be a no-brainer, but it's t- difficult to project given we think Tyrod's their starting quarterback. We're not entirely sure. 
who is going to be playing quarterback for them this season. The big thing is the way that Mike Williams is used in that offense. Mike Williams had 16.6 air yards per reception last year. Uh, He was running deep on every play. That was the most in the NFL. It was three more yards, three full yards more than the next highest, which was Kenny Galladay. Um, Mike Williams just runs streaks and Keenan Allen is running for first downs. And so he's still going to be there for those targets. If Hunter Henry is healthy this year, I think maybe Allen steps down a little bit, but he's still a pretty safe bet for receptions, consistent yards, maybe 70 yards a game. Um, the guy I like third best is Henry Ruggs. Um, I, I like Henry Ruggs to be a Tyreek type player. He was great in college. He's fast as hell. I know that we can draw, we can say, oh, Darius Hayward Bay, but they're different players. They're, it, just because he's fast, it doesn't mean it's another Raiders mistake. I like him to kind of supplant Tyrell Williams in that offense. Um, Tyrell Williams was their deep threat last year. He had the seventh worst drop rate in the league, which something I brought up on the quarterbacks podcast is that Derek Carr is lethal on deep throws. He's incredibly accurate on deep throws on target wise. Um, but Tyrell Williams was dropping them, you know? So I think if Ruggs, especially if Ruggs can get some yards after catch, which is something Tyrell Williams does not do like he did with the Chargers, at least he didn't last year. I think Ruggs becomes the guy to throw to um, next season. Last season, so I'm surprised Cause hates Renfro. So Renfro finished the year so strong, over 100 yards and a touchdown on week 16 and 17. Um And part of that was just because the rest of their passing offense, aside from Waller, was so anemic. They needed somebody to throw to. And I think Ruggs kind of fills in that role. You know, uh, the big thing about Renfro is he runs five yards and then does a slant. He runs five yards and does a drag, you know, things like that. Like, it's, he's not somebody you want to throw to on every play. He's somebody you end up throwing to. And I think Ruggs kind of fixes that issue in their offense. Um, Fourth for me is Cortland Sutton led the league in broken tackles for wide receivers last year. The dude is just a beast. He's someone you can throw it to and he's going to rip it down. Um, I think Drew Locke is going to look good on some of his throws because of Cortland Sun. And then fifth, I would say Renfro um, just because safety net. Uh, I think people are aware of how good Darren Waller is. And so if anything, Renfro is going to be facing some softer coverage for six and seven yard catches. Um, He's not going to be incredible, but he's going to be worth a wide receiver three spot a lot of weeks. But ultimately, I mean, aside from the Chiefs, this division is weak in wide receivers. So Renfro is the, probably the weakest wide receiver five I can offer up, but there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is an interesting division. Obviously, I've said in the past I don't like the Broncos. Um, mine, my, my rankings are as follows. I got Tyreek. And Nicole, uh, Keenan Allen. I've got Cortland Sutton, uh, Mike Williams, um, Jerry Judy, Sammy Watkins. I'm sorry, Tyrell Williams is above Jerry Judy. Uh, Sammy Watkins. I got Henry Ruggs, and then finishing it out is Mike Williams. Uh, the person I really wanted to talk about was Keenan Allen. He's always been on my shit list. Um, He's always been somebody that we've taken top five. Every year, people rank their wide receivers, and he's been one of the top five receivers. And I've always looked at him as not worth the stocks people put into him. So 
now that Philip Rivers is gone, who everyone thought held him back just because of the way through it, you know, whatever, his stock has absolutely plummeted for whatever reason. So to me, he dropped too far. Now, if we're playing the wide receiver game like we're playing stock market, he dropped too far in my book. So he may not be a top five talent like I thought he was, but he still had over a thousand yards, three straight seasons. I know Tyrod Taylor plays it safe. Uh, we may see Herbert, or as Shay calls him, Air Bay, or whatever. I don't, I don't know. A what bear. He keeps calling him A bear. A bear. Um, but I still think that he can hit that a thousand yard plateau, and I still think he's worth at least a wide receiver two, maybe a back end wide receiver one. So, um, yes, Keenan Allen has dropped below two Kansas City wide receivers on my list, but that does not mean that he's not a top echelon wide receiver. Um, We'll just have to see, but but I, I really think that people are going to overlook him. Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, uh, I'll talk about this later, but I, I don't – I used to love rookie wide receivers. I used to just absolutely love them, um, but they never turn out the way you want them to ever. I think the, the success rate on rookie wide receivers is just not there. Um, you yeah. look at their – you look at their statistics – and their highlights from their senior year, their junior year in college. And you want it to translate directly to the NFL against NFL corners. And it just doesn't work out that way. You don't get the amount of targets. You don't get the soft coverage. Uh, and you don't get the touchdowns. You just don't get the big plays. So Jerry Judy, as good as he looked for Alabama, and as good as he looked in videos and in training camp and all his strength there, I just don't see him as somebody that would be anything more than a, a weak wide receiver three. Uh, all right. That's, that's it for the AFC. Let's move on to the NFC uh, North here. Cause, what do you think? All right. So starting out with the Eagles, uh, the Eagles wide receivers aren't really even on my radar. Uh, I was going <laughs> to leave these for some of the new dads out there that really weren't doing their homework this offseason. <laughs> uh, want to pick up Alshon Jeffrey. Maybe Michael Hanna will end up with him in like the ninth or tenth round. Um, Giants wide receivers. I had Sterling Shepard on my team last year. I really liked being able to watch him play when he wasn't concussed. Uh, he was a lot of fun. I think he would have been a really a decent wide receiver too for me. Um, but him and Tate are going to be splitting time. Um, Giants wide receivers in general just really can't stay on the field. So I'll probably be looking elsewhere. Um, scary Terry for the Redskins is scary. Um, I think he's going to have a great year. I'm sure y'all all saw the stat on him. Um, one out of nine rookies in the last decade with more than 900 yards and nine yards per target. Um, it's awesome. I mean, I take him and he did that with who? I mean, uh, smorgasbord of shit quarterbacks. Yep. Um, the number one guy for the NFC East though is for sure Amari Cooper. Um, Cowboys got a lot of they have a lot of a lot of talent for sure. Um, Prescott's probably going to get really excited, shit the bid, and throw the ground throw the ball into the ground um, quite a few times this year. But I think he's I think he's the stud wide receiver out of this division. I really liked Gallup as well last year. Um, I had him for a minute and I dropped him because he was injured. Um, but he's he's also I think a solid maybe even wide receiver two this year. All right. Max, what do you think? Um, I think Devonte Adams is the number one wide receiver in football this year. Uh, I agree. Trevor's not 
gonna like that so trevor hasn't listened to any podcasts yet but uh mm-hmm. if anybody remembers last season just Devonte adams was the bane of his existence um but here's i mean here are the facts Devonte adams advanced metrics wise is always good um like he, he just is he was good when they had jordy nelson he was good after they had jordy nelson last year he had some injury issues and i think those lingered this season i know that they drafted aj Dillon, and they should run the ball more but the fact of the matter is that's not what matt lafleur their head coach does he runs a west coast offense um even when he had derrick henry even when derrick henry blew up when he was managing that offense they still passed it more often than they ran even when they had a terrible quarterback and running the ball was working great they still passed it more than they ran he should hand the ball to aaron jones 15 to 20 times a game you know i'm sure aj dillon will get goal line carries He's just going to pass. That's the way their offense works. And his other options are Devin Funches, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who is just the worst person in fantasy to own. I had him for several weeks last season. Uh, there was one week where he caught like a 71-yard pass for a touchdown in the second quarter. I'm like, oh, he's going to blow up. Wasn't targeted the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, you know, Jace Sternberger is their tight end now. It's just – it is – it's Devontae Adams – and it's because of the talent and the volume, and that's it. I think he's going to be the number one wide receiver. I'd be willing to bet on it. Um, after him comes Allen Robinson, which is difficult because his quarterback's going to be bad no matter who it is. Um, but I think he is the second most talented wide receiver in the division, and so I think they just figure it out. They're going to toss it up to him. He's going to pull it down. Um, after that, it's Thielen. I think Thielen's usage is going to go through the roof. I know they just drafted Jefferson, but Diggs is gone. And so Thielen is the undisputed number one. Um, and then Galladay. Galladay and Jones Jr. are both – they're my four and five because Stafford was elite for eight games last year, and both of those guys run it deep. You know, Galladay was the second – Second in the NFL for air yards per reception. The dude runs it deep. He pulls it down. He breaks tackles. He's very similar to uh, to A.J. Brown. He's like an older, not quite as good A.J. Brown, which is odd to say about Kenny Galladay, but I'd be willing to take either one of these players as a wide receiver. Um, Galladay's probably wide receiver one. Jones is more of a wide receiver two, but um, yeah, I mean, that's Lions are going to pass with Stafford. They're going to ride him to an 8-8 eight and eight record. It's going to be great. Huck, what do you think? All right. So, yeah, um, I have um, Devontae Adams as the number one guy. Um, I'm not just saying that because I think uh, Michael Thomas is not going to do what he did last year. I think Michael Thomas is going to have a fine year. Uh, let, let me just do my, my ratings real quick. So Adams, Galladay, Thielen, Robinson, Jefferson, Jones, Funches, Lazard, Tate, and then Anthony Miller. So, yes, I have Adams as the top receiver overall. The Packers are still the Packers. They did nothing to solve their decrepit wide receiver corpse behind Adams. Yes, I watched uh, Valdez Scantling. I was big on Valdez Scantling last year. Um, he just disappeared in games. He just wasn't there. So they added Funches, which doesn't impress me much at all. Um, the only guy that don't impress me much. Adams is to the top wide receiver tier is Michael Thomas. And the Saints went and added Emmanuel Sanders to share with Michael Thomas. So I like Adams this year a lot as number one. Um, another one that I wanted to talk about was Jefferson. 
he jumps into big spots. So I think he is going to be either number one, number two at uh, rookie wide receiver points. Um, I really think he's somebody that could be a wide receiver three, a constant wide receiver three for that team. Um, I know Cousins like to spread it out to two wide receivers, just does. Um, and Diggs wasn't happy with his spot in Minnesota. So that's why he left Buffalo uh, via trade. Um, I think Jefferson can be successful. Uh, I think what we saw with him at LSU in the national championship and, and throughout the season was something special. Uh, and I think he's he's going to be somebody to watch probably 10, 11, 12th round. So, uh, yeah, that's what that's what I have on the NFC North. Let's move on to the NFC East. Kaz, what do you think? Should I do the NFC North now? <laughs> oh, we just did the NFC North. I NFC did the East. NFC. <laughs> Kaz did not do the NFC North. I did the East, if you were. Oh, ready. wow. Did I skip to yeah. Max first? No, no, I fucked up. He skipped to the East. Oh. Yeah, talking, talking about oh. all those East okay. boys. Yeah, go to <laughs> yeah. the North. Go Can to the North. Can we just drop it out or something? <laughs> no, I, I, this, is better than, this is a good one. This is a good one. This is better than, the, the, than your robot voice earlier. Uh, keep going with the North or the East or the North, whatever. whatever. Yeah. Shoot it. Head to the North. <laughs> Head to the North. <laughs> My bad, dude. All right. Um, so wrapping up the North, then um, for the Vikings, I, I took Thielen in the fourth. Um, it's a roller coaster having the Vikings wide receivers, especially with the drama that they had last year. Um, I think that Thielen's kind of one of those guys that people take because he's got good history in the league. Um, but I'm not so sure that it's all still there just with how much they run the ball in the wild on the run game. Um, I like Allen Robinson at the Bears. I know the Bears suck. I had Trubisky. I feel like Allen Robinson is kind of like the DJ Shark, um, where you don't really want to commit to the wide or the quarterback for the Jaguars, but you're okay taking a gamble on one of the wide receivers. I feel like Allen Robinson's kind of that guy for the Bears. Um, I haven't ranked way too high. I really like him. Um, he was top 15 wide receiver last year even above Mike Evans, um, which is which I was surprised by. Um, for the Lions, I absolutely loved having Galladay on my team last year. That was probably one of the best components of the big trade that I did um, with Trevor last year. Um, he's just a hell of a lot of fun to watch. Stafford likes him. Uh, when Stafford's not on the field, he usually ends up going to – or the quarterback, uh, whoever the fuck was there, ended up going to Starvin Marvin. Um, but between the two of them, they put up 20 touchdowns last year. Uh, which is pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that they, they were the only uh, wide receiver tandem to put up those kind of numbers. Right. Um, and I agree with everybody else. Uh, Devonte Adams is the guy. I think Trevor got totally shit on last year. Um, he's certainly underproduced. Um, and as long as teams aren't double teaming him because nobody else is there on wide receiver, then I, th I think he's going to have a bounce back year for the Packers. Yeah. Interesting that you compared Allen Robinson to a Jaguars wide receiver. Yeah, I, I feel like, Chark and Allen Robinson might be the same person, just uh, uh, Allen Robinson is the future DJ Chark. Uh, Allen Robinson did play for the Jags and put up almost identical numbers to DJ Chark last year um, under a below average QB. Well, I, I don't want to talk shit about Bortles because Bortles is my man, but um, I will say he was below average. But yeah, I agree with the whole Allen Robinson thing. Max, let's uh, travel through time to the NFC East. What do you got? Okay. Um, so Amari Cooper 
is my number one wide receiver. I know it sounded like I was shitting on Dak during the quarterback podcast. It's just I was I've been reading a lot of articles on ooh, Dak's gonna be the number one. You changed your mind. No, 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 no. I just You're I Dak guy now. Dak is a top ten quarterback in fantasy. He's probably number seven, number eight ish. Um, but I'm a, I'm an Amari Cooper guy for sure. My reason is that uh, so as we know, Dak Dak the Cowboys as a whole had the second highest drop rate in the NFL last year. Mm-hmm. That is because Michael Gallup and Corey Cobb were second and third, or Corey Cobb, mm-hmm. Randall Cobb were second and third respectively in the worst drop rates in the NFL. They dropped. Mm-hmm. All the passes. They were just behind Edelman. Brick um, hands. Brick hands. Uh, it dropped everything. And mm-hmm. as a result of that, Amari Cooper got 119 targets. I think, you know, he's got a lot of targets this year. He's adding uh, uh, C.D. Lamb. And so I think a lot of people might drop Cooper down their lists a little bit. But Cooper's kind of a safety net for him. If you think about, you know, the last rookie wide receiver he had to deal with last year and the drops that came with that – you've already talked about, you know, how it's, you don't trust rookie wide receivers maybe until the end of their first season. And with the training camps being the way they're going to be, I think Amari Cooper is going to get 119 targets or more this year, especially if they lean on the pass a little bit more. Um, So yeah, he's my number one. My number two, I know I've already talked him up in a quarterback podcast, scary Terry. Part of this is because his comfort with the quarterback played with him in college Part of it is he's outstanding with the deep ball. It's not, he's like top 10 in all of my favorite deep receiver, you know, yards after catch, um, air yards per reception, things like that. He's just, he's, and he doesn't drop the ball very often. Even as a rookie, he didn't. Um, and I think he's going to get targets like crazy because do you want to throw it to a guy named Steven Sims? What can you tell me about Steven Sims or Kelvin, Kevin Harmon, whatever it is? They lost Jordan Reed. They lost Vernon Davis. Um, or maybe Jordan Reed still plays there, but he just, you know, has scrambled eggs in his head. Uh, like he's going to get an insane amount of targets. You know, their defense improved. They, you know, they got the best player in the draft this year. Um, and so, and their defense was good before, but they're still going to be throwing it quite a bit, quite a bit. And it's going to be to McLaurin. Uh, yeah. Jeffrey is third for me. CD lamb is fourth. Sterling Shepard is fifth. Uh, Jeffrey is an outstanding receiver when he's healthy. And the Eagles are a good offense. And last year led the NFL in uh, both time of possession and offensive plays per game. So get a piece of that offense that, you know, I I know the tight ends are tough to trust because they throw to both of them. But if you can get a star player in that offense, you're going to get production, just sheer volume, because they run 68 plays per game or more. Um, And I like C.D. Lamb because I think he's just incredibly talented. I was surprised by how well Michael Gallup played last year. Uh, you know, but I think CD Lamb athletically is better than him. I was surprised that he dropped to them in the draft, and I think he's just a good player. So even as a rookie, I think he's the fourth best guy in this division. Mm-hmm. Um, Huck, what do you think? Yeah. So preemptively, let me say I'm all in on the Cowboys. I threw money on the Cowboys winning the Super Bowl last week. Oof. I think they're a good value. Um, I think Dak just signed. Stock's going up on all of them. Um, I still don't like Zeke. But like I said, Tony Pollard is a beast. And if he gets any time this year, he's a uh, top five running back. Um, my rankings are as follows. Cooper, Gallup, top two in the division. Um, and then I got Jalen Rager, Alshon Jeffrey, three and four. We always talk about Carson Wentz 
He's a top 10 quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. Who is he? is he going to throw to? I mean, yeah, sure. Okay, if he's not, then, I mean, in my rankings, he is. It, he's right, right right, there around 8, 9, 10. So he's got to have some receivers. That was his problem last year. Al, Al Galore, you know, dropping everything. Um, but, yes, Jalen Rangor is my number three. I really honestly think that, again, I was talking shit about rookie wide receivers. I think this guy's the best rookie wide receiver in the draft. Or in, that's going to be in our fantasy draft. I think he's going to be great. Uh, I got Scary Terry number five in the league um, or in this division. I just – you talk about the amount of volume, percentage volume that he's going to get. I just don't see percentage quality volume. I think that team's going to be terrible. Um, and, yes, he may get touchdowns. He may have two touchdown games where he gets over 100 yards. I think it will be few and far between. I just think that's big garbage offense. That's just going to be running through different quarterbacks – all year, whether it be Kyle Allen, Dwayne Haskins, et cetera. Um, then I got Slayton and Shepard, and I'm not going to crap on Slayton and Shepard because I think they're both going to be wide receiver threes. Um, so what I'm talking about, Cooper Gallup, to me, are both wide receiver ones. I think they're going to score a shit ton of points. Uh, Rager Jeffrey are both twos. McLaurin's a three. Slayton's a three. Shepard's a three. Uh, Lamb I have as a wide receiver four. So like I said, Rookie wide receivers always, almost always disappointed. Um, we see them do stuff in college, doesn't translate to the NFL. Compare him to Randall Cobb. Last year had 55 catches for 828 yards, three touchdowns. I think he can improve on that. Um, but still, at that rate, that doesn't make him more than wide receiver four. Um, so I think he'll end up being better for the Cowboys and Dak than he will be for your fantasy team. But uh, yeah, C.D. Lamb will be owned and should be owned by somebody throughout the year. Uh, all would right. you compare? Would you compare Cooper and Gallup to like Godwin and Evans? You think they're both wide receiver ones? Like that's yeah. a top ten wide uh-huh. receiver. Yes. You think that's the production? Yeah. Oh. I think this year, Dak Prescott's a top five quarterback, and I think that he absolutely feeds Gallup and Cooper. Um, I know I've not been a fan of Cooper in the past, but I think that the focal point this year is going to be less on Zeke running and more on Zeke catching, more on Cooper catching, more on Gallup catching, more on Blake Jarwin catching. Um, and he's going to put up a shit ton of yards uh, through the air. So, yeah. That's okay. my prediction. But let's move right. on to the NFC South. Uh, by far the best wide receiver division in the league. Cause, what do you think? All right. Before we do this, I got to set something straight about Carson Wentz. Carson mm-hmm. Wentz in 2020 is going to be your Aaron Rodgers of 2019. All hype, no production. Drafted at a very, very cheaper uh, rate. Fair. But, yes. All right. But I do agree that the NFC South is certainly the honeypot of wide receivers. Yeah. <laughs> um, we could have probably done the entire podcast here. Um, mm-hmm. For the Falcons, don't make me choose between Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Huck, I know you were really high on Calvin Ridley early in the season. Um, and I think that that was a good call by you. Uh, he produced, and I think he's going to do even better this year. Um, for the Panthers, I think it's going to be interesting what happens with Bridgewater um, there. But DJ Moore's a stud. 
Um, this is, again, a situation where I'm not really willing to commit to the quarterback, but I will certainly take the wide receiver. For the Buccaneers, um, I mean, Godwin was my boy last year. I took him in the seventh. Uh, I rode him the entire season. It was awesome. I'd love to do it again. Uh, me and Danny went back and forth between Godwin and Mike Evans the entire season. Um, I think that Brady might actually be a step down for Godwin um, mm-hmm. just because he distributes the ball so much and is less likely to take that deep open seam like uh, Jameis used to do when he was there um, pretty much every time that Evans was locked up. He didn't give a fuck through it no matter if he was covered or not. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but I will say that they do go back and forth and kind of chip away at each other. You'll see one game where Godwin – puts up 20, 25 points, and Mike Evans has maybe 7 to 10 points. Um, I will say, though, out of the seven games where Godwin uh, was thrown to more, uh, five of those were, were won, which I think is a pretty, pretty impressive stat for Godwin, that they were going to him in crunch times when they were trying to win games. Um, for the Saints, obviously, uh, we got Mike Thomas. Um, I think Emmanuel Sanders, as an addition there, is – absolutely great for Mike for Michael Thomas I think it's going to take a lot of the pressure off of him and potentially leave him man on man or man on man um, in, in more situations than not um, so yeah I mean he's he's for sure up there I think with with rake in my listings this year okay awesome Max what do you think NFC South NFC South um, so I still have Michael Thomas number one but it's it's closer than than you might expect um, so Michael Thomas last season, no surprise, he had the highest catch rate percentage of any wide receiver in the NFL. It was 80.54%. For context, a good wide receiver is usually around 65. Part of that reason, though, is the guy averaged under eight air yards per reception. You know, the, that's the way the Saints offense works. You know, right. they're, they're working for first downs. And yes, he had some incredible plays, you know, some real DeAndre Hopkins-like catches. Um, but he's not usually a deep threat. They have no problem throwing three-yard pass to him just to just to move the ball a little bit further and get to second, third down. Right. Um, so I still have him as number one. I have Julio as number two, and I like what Kaz said. Uh, don't make me pick between Julio and Ridley because I think Julio is kind of an OBJ-like factor, maybe just a better version of it where it's just – he can break out and make a huge play and break two tackles and put up 250 receiving yards and three touchdowns in any given game. Whereas Ridley, I would expect to get 60 plus yards every game. He's a safer guy to throw to some of his catches. I, it, he just, he looks so, he looks like he's been in the league a much longer than he has. You know, he looks so prepared for everything. Right. Um, so I, I have Julio at number two, Ridley at number four. I have Godwin third in the division, which is ridiculous. Godwin was second in the league last year in fantasy points for wide receivers. You know, it was Michael Thomas, then him, and Godwin only played in fucking thir- or 14 games. You know, he missed two games. So he's an absolute beast. I like him more than Mike Evans. He had one drop in 121 targets last year. Um, and I think he's going to do great this season with Tom Brady. I think the problem is since 2009, you know, so since the Randy Moss season, which I believe was 2009, Brady's been a guy that spreads the ball out. You know, it nice. might be, it might be different in a Bruce Arians offense, but he's going to spread it out a lot. And he has three 
outstanding starting quality tight ends to throw to. So I think if anything, Godwin's targets drop. His production is still going to be incredible. So will Evans will be great too. They'll both be, you know, I think Godwin's a wide receiver one. Evans is a borderline wide receiver two. Um, mm. Maybe, maybe top, maybe like the ninth or 10th, 12th best wide receiver this season. Again, not because of talent, but because of, you know, there's only so many targets a single player can get. Um, and it's funny, I'm not discussing Panthers wide receivers at all. I think all three of them are, I think maybe DJ Moore's a wide receiver three, and the other Ooh. two are great bi-week fillers. Uh, just because DJ Moore was borderline one last year. DJ Moore, he's, he's great. Don't get me wrong. And no, he was not borderline one last year. I'm looking at the points. He was, a, he was an ironclad two. Um, but his advanced well, metrics aren't great. Uh, and ultimately, I think Teddy spreads it out. That's what he did with the Saints last year. He threw less to Michael Thomas yeah. than, uh, than Drew Brees did. Drew Brees leaned on Michael Thomas a lot. Teddy Two Gloves spread it out. I think he's going to be a game manager, and that offense runs through McCaffrey. So yeah. nothing against DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson or Curtis Samuel. I think they're all fine. And the latter two will make great bi-week fill-ins as your wide receiver three. Um, but ultimately, I – it's when you're talking about the other guys in this division, it's not even worth discussing. The rest of these guys are, I mean, we're talking about a shitload of wide receiver ones. I think maybe 60% of the top 14 receivers in the league are in this division. That might be bad math, but you know, it's how I feel. Yeah. I mean, there is a boat load of information to drop on this division uh, as far as wide receivers go. Um, but I want to talk about one first and foremost, before I dive into the rest. Um, Taysom Hill. <laughs> I know. I know. I is know. because of Thanksgiving? Is it Thanksgiving he's, 2019? He's not wide receiver eligible. No, no, no. I, but listen, hear me out. Okay, so there's going to be a ton of people out there that, when I just mentioned his name, are going to be pissed. Because <laughs> Taysom Hill, everybody was looking at him being like, man, I would draft him next year. Oh, yeah, he's going to be good. I mean, the Saints picked up that option uh, on him and made sure that nobody else got him for a reason, because he is a very talented player and he's very versatile. I'm giving you some statistics here. Taysom Hill lined up 75 times at tight end, 60 times in the slot and 16 times wide. So if he isn't a wide receiver on Yahoo, it's going to be like criminal. Um, now, if you watched him last year in the playoffs, he beasted out. Okay. The guy blocked punts, returned kicks, caught 234 yards during the regular season with six touchdowns. So he's talented outside. He scored more points than Drew Locke did all last year. Um, he's the most fascinating guy in a wide receiver, whatever. Uh, and he's definitely the most exciting fantasy player. And I have zero, zero idea where to project him because I have no idea. Um, but make sure you keep a lookout in the next month to see where he's eligible. By the way, ESPN already has him as tight end. Um, so he has tight end quarterback eligible over there. I'm sure it'll be the same over here. But like I said, if he's not wide receiver, it's going to be criminal. Um, he averaged out last year, I know this is not exciting, to 5.4 points a week. So it's not like he is going to be on everybody's draft boards up high. But somebody is going to say, hey, listen, I want Taysom Hill. And it'll probably be me um, early on just because of the versatility and just because he might be able to save you a lot of moves. Um, just throwing that out there. Again, a lot of people are going to be pissed because I mentioned him. Uh, but let me go into my rankings here. 
Michael Thomas, Julio, Goblin, Evans, Ridley. You can mix those up however you want. I mean, it's a pot of gumbo. Um, it's all going to taste good. doesn't matter. If you get two of those guys, you are in good shape. DJ Moore after that, um, obviously. And then I got Taysom. I don't know where to put him. I don't know where to put him. So he's number uh, uh, seven there. And then I got Samuel and Anderson. Again, don't know how to rank those guys. I know Curtis Samuel is going to catch a lot of balls. He is also a returner. Very exciting. Got targeted in the red zone a lot last year. Um, but Robbie Anderson's on a new team, and he's their field stretcher. So we'll see. Uh, then I got Emmanuel. He's old, not out. Um, him and Drew Brees probably hook up a couple times a season. I got Russell Gage. You do not want to count out the guy um, who is the third receiver when you've got Ridley and Jones on the field. So Russell Gage, I think, will probably be a wide receiver four, wide receiver three this year. Zero um, drops. Zero drops for Russell Gage last year. Yeah. Um, he catches the ball. So uh, I know Ridley started out as a slot guy. Um, that's what he played last year um, for part of it. I think he was number two for, for a lot too. Um, but Gage will be a guy that, uh, that should be on your list. Now, a guy that is right below there that, again, people are going to not want me to talk about. A little guy named Scotty Miller. <laughs> Scotty Miller is the third receiver for Tom Brady. And you guessed it, he's white. <laughs> uh, Wes Welker, if you remember who Wes Welker is, um, classic returner slash slot receiver, ended up playing for Tom Brady and killing in fantasy. In fact, I think he was like top 10 in points one year when we had return yards at, the, at its peak. Um, and then you had Julian Edelman, obviously. Uh, you know, he was the slot guy for Tom Brady. Tom Brady loves little tiny slot wide receiver white guys. And Scotty Miller's 5'11". So just take that information as you will. Um, I know Scotty Miller had like 10 catches last year. Um, but, you know, Scotty doesn't know. So we'll see about Scotty Miller. Um, he may rise up your ranks. But again, this division's chock full of wide receivers um, that we'll all be looking at. I expect... Um, a lot of rounds two through eight. Most of these guys will be gone. I but, think Clay Clay picks up at least two of these guys. You facing Clay, you're facing a couple of these guys. He's got all those round three and four picks. Yeah, he's living smack dab in the middle of the NFC South. So, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's move over to our final division here. Uh, thank you guys for staying as long as you have. I know this is. It's quite interesting. Let's move on to the NFC West. Cause, what do you think? Oh, poor Debo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Debo, man. I think there was so much buzz about him. I mean, is he supposed to come back this season? Maybe midseason? Midseason. Eight, six weeks. Eight, six weeks? Six weeks uh, if you I think list Frank is not a, something to fuck with. Say it again? Six oh, weeks yeah. if you think Liz Frank is not something to fuck with. Which... Yeah, yeah. I had him a lot higher. Um, he might have been my guy out of this division had he not broken his foot. Um, there was a lot of hype about him. It's just a lot of production out of him last year. Only going to do better. Trending up, as Huck says, towards the end of the season. Um, for the Rams, I think Cooper Woods, whatever, um, or Cooper Woods, doesn't really matter. Again, another place where you, it's kind of a toss-up between the two. I prefer Cup if he's healthy. 
Um, but it will be interesting to see if golf has a return year. Um, the Seahawks, I am still kicking myself for dropping Metcalf when he took when he had knee surgery in the offseason last year. Um, but Lockett's my guy here. Um, I think that, you know, any wide receiver that's also, you know, doing returns is just an add a little bonus. Um, the connection that he has with Wilson is fucking dope. I know that everybody knows what, talk, what touchdown I'm talking about when I talk about the one where they eat looked like Wilson was just throwing it away and all of a sudden Lockett takes it down in the back of the left end zone. It was disgusting. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I really like Metcalf. Um, I think he was one of the few freshman or rookie wide receivers that come out and actually produce. I think he had what seven touchdowns last year or something like that. Um, I can't imagine what it was like to be clay watching Wilson throw it to Metcalf um, mm -hmm. and just double stacking points. Um, but my guy in the NFC West is Hopkins. Um, I think that they're really setting up Murray for success. I don't see Murray being picked up outside of the top five this season. Um, they got Kirk to back him up and Fitzgerald there to give him some advice. And But it's, it's just – I think it's all teed up for Hopkins this year. Okay. All right. Max, NFC West. I agree with that. I agree that uh, that Hopkins is the number one wide receiver in this division. I, I was pretty outspoken at what I thought about uh, Kyler Murray. I still think he's going to be a top five pick. He should be a top three pick. Um, here's just some information about the Arizona offense just over the past couple of years. So last season, everybody expected them to be this crazy up-tempo offense with Kingsbury. That's what he does. Um, but they were middle of the road as far as plays per game. And like it, people, you know, if you look at that, it might be like, oh, well, maybe he's not, it doesn't carry over to the NFL. The only reason they were middle of the road on plays per game is because they were second to last in the league in time of possession. That offense sucked. Um, but this year they improved the offensive line. They had DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray looked a lot better towards the end of the season than he did towards the beginning. I think they're going to air it out a lot. I like uh, I like Hopkins as the number one receiver in this division, which is ridiculous, um, considering Cooper Cup, who I have ranked third in the division behind Lockett, finished as a wide receiver three, like overall in the league last season. Um, just digging in a little bit deeper to the Cardinals, Hopkins is my number one. A lot of people are going to have Kirk number two. I think Larry Fitz is still the number two guy in that offense. Mm -hmm. Zero drops last season on 109 targets he is kyler's safety net he just yeah. is led that team in targets last year didn't produce uh to a huge extent a lot of those passes were six and seven yards at a time but at the end of the day now larry fitz isn't the guy you blanket hopkins is and i think fitzgerald uh benefits from that i think the entire offense obviously benefits from that but i think kirk actually sees his production fall he's more of a deep threat more of a a, maybe a better version of Robbie Anderson this season. Um, behind Hopkins, I have Lockett, Cup, Metcalf, and Woods. Um, it was interesting that uh, that Cause was saying, "Oh no, Debo." So Debo was somebody that if he was healthy, I would have left him completely off. He would have been one of my. This guy will not be on my team. He had the worst drop percentage in the NFL last year. Mm. Now he had a lot of yards after catch, second in average yards after catch per reception. Um, but he just was so droppy. You know, he made uh, Janine Garofalo look bad. Must love dogs. 
Um, I don't want a player like that. If you drop the ball like that consistently, I know he was a rookie, but if you drop the ball like that consistently, you're going to stop getting targets unless you're Julian Edelman, apparently. Um, so yeah, I've got Cup, Metcalf, and Woods. Cup was incredible last year. Wide receiver three goes with a thing. I think Metcalf's season uptake in his sophomore season um, as a whole, I just think Seattle's passing offense. I love Russell Wilson. I talked about that in the QB podcast. Um, I think getting either one of these guys is going to be valuable to your fantasy team. Interesting thing about Robert Woods. I still think of him as that wide receiver from Buffalo. Um, so I know he put up some good games. So I didn't really pay attention to him with the Rams because of how good Cup was. Last season, uh, Woods was eighth in the NFL in targets um, and fifth in yards after catch per reception, which is interesting. Cup got all the touchdowns, uh, but Woods got a shitload of targets in only 15 games. So clearly he's got a trust with Goff. And I think both of these guys finish. Um, I think Cup is a wide receiver one, Woods as a high-end wide receiver two, despite the fact that I mean Goff only finished as a bottom tier QB one last season. Um, I think these, these two guys are immensely talented and they carry him. I like him a lot. Huck, what do you think about the NFC West? So I agree with you on the Fitzgerald thing. I, I think it's hard to imagine a Kirk and Hawkins show and Fitzgerald just disappearing. I think that he is involved in the offense and he's involved heavily. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so from top to bottom, I have Hopkins, Metcalf, Cup, Lockett, Kirk, Woods, Ayuk, Hurd, Fitzgerald, Reynolds, Bourne, Dorsett. So I'm not buying that Kirk is going to drop off. I still think Kirk in his second year is going to have an amazing year. Um, maybe not Lockett, Metcalf type of year, but he's still going to be uh, pretty high. I have uh, Metcalf up there purely based on I can't get those pictures out of my head of him like in the weight room. It's ridiculous. He is the strongest, most built person on the field. Um, he is the best athlete on the field uh, uh, for the Seahawks. So Metcalf to me is the number two behind Hopkins and not too far behind Hopkins. I like Metcalf a lot. Uh, Cooper Cup, you're right. Uh, I have him there because I have him as the number one option for golf. Um, Lockett, close behind. I have Christian Kirk there uh, because I think Christian Kirk's going to need some yards and also some touchdowns because that offense is going to be ridiculous. Uh, Woods, I looked at exactly what you're looking at in that he had a lot of uh, air yards and a lot of yards after catch. Um, he was targeted a lot. But in the red zone, he was, like, ignored. And this league, fantasy, is all about touchdowns. If you do not score touchdowns, if you're Mike Williams, forget about it. No one wants you on their team. So, uh, Woods drops there. Ayuk, probably nobody knows about Ayuk, uh, even John Riggs. He's not really exciting. I know he played at Arizona State. Um, if you go look at his highlights, they're not that great. Um, but volume-wise, on a team that just made the Super Bowl, he's going to get targets. He was their their uh, top wide receiver pick. So look for him to be maybe a wide receiver three, maybe a wide receiver four, uh, somewhere down there. But he's going to be good. He, I mean, he does have talent. Uh, Fitzgerald, like I said, is going to be, uh, uh, you know, pretty good and so on and so on. But there's one person I really want to talk about. And 
he's probably not any of your radars, Jalen Hurd. I probably should neglect to talk about Jalen Hurd, but here I go. So here's the Jalen Hurd story. Jalen Hurd, as a freshman, was second string running back for Tennessee. A sophomore, he was a starter over, let's put time with, a guy you might know, Alvin Kamara. Okay? He lost carries to Kamara as a junior, decided to quit Tennessee midseason junior year. Picked up the next year with Baylor. Killed it, both as a wide receiver, partly on the ground. He was running back, played both positions. Drafted third round by the 49ers. Now, came out last year, probably going to be a slot guy for 49ers. Got hurt preseason, couldn't finish preseason. Didn't play the whole year. This year, probably not slated to be maybe a starter. I don't know. But with the exit of Debo Samuel, and obviously they don't like Dante Pettis, this positions up for grabs and Jalen Hurd is amazing he's an amazing talented person uh he's versatile you can line him up almost anywhere and like I said he played running back in college and he played running back for two college teams uh and I have this guy killing it for for the 49ers and I could probably get him in the last round so uh just know later on in the year when when y'all had no idea who Jalen Hurd was that uh, that I did talk about him in, in late June. So I'll be honest, he's not on my list. Um, yeah. But now that you've mentioned him, I am interested. So you know, yes. shouldn't, have, shouldn't have done that. Probably shouldn't have done that. But I'm just, you know, I can uh, talk about it on the 2021 podcast that I called it in June uh, when somebody is, you know, taking credit for all their Jalen Hurd success. I want you to defend something real quick. Sure. So you you rank Metcalf over Lockett? Mm-hmm. Lockett was the third, fourth? He was the fourth best receiver last year. Yeah. He's been a top 10 receiver for years. Uh-huh. Yeah, years. Metcalf looked good last year. Don't get me wrong, but like yeah. Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson have been the tandem. You know, like those are those are elite players for their position because of each other. So why do you think Metcalf jumps lock it this year so again this is the hot hand thing that i talk about how people uh finish so Lockett was on a toward pace came down with a case of the flu down the stretch last year uh he finished uh with 23 catches 290 yards and two touchdowns over the final seven games he was on my fantasy team Okay, I couldn't even play him. I sat there and I traded for him. I think it was Cameron. And you all said it was unfair. You all screamed and you go, oh my God, you gave him Lockett? This bullshit. Why are you trading with Huck? He sucked. I mean, literally, two touchdowns, seven games is not good for any wide receiver. No, he um, had one game where he had one reception for six yards on four targets. Yes. That's rough. Yeah. So it's how you finish. And how you carry over into the next year. And I'm looking at Lockett and I'm saying, yeah, no, I'm, I'm liking uh, uh, DK Metcalf because he was hot all the way in the playoffs. And he is the younger of the two, the more versatile of the two, and he's a physical beast. That's why I got Metcalf over Lockett. Would you be willing to shot bet Metcalf over Lockett? Yeah, absolutely. All right. I'm putting it down. So put we it have down. Two- I, I like how you don't like to put money on this because I would absolutely put money on this. 
Um, yeah, no, I want to see you take shots because it's it okay. laugh. You gag every time. So we have sure. Dwayne. Dwayne Haskins starts every game, assuming he's healthy, and Lockett uh, or Metcalf scores more than Lockett, according to you. Sounds great. All right, next segment, last segment. Uh, give me two players. Please don't be on my team, cause. All right, I think I alluded to this earlier. Uh, Juju. I think he's going to be there in the fifth and sixth and seem like a really good deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I don't think Big Ben has anything left. Uh, I mean, I'll take him. I don't want to take him. I'll probably take him. Pay him <laughs> shedding <laughs> for something ridiculous <laughs> and feel pretty good about life. But we'll see how that works out. Um, my number two would be A.J. Green. Um, this is another situation where I think injuries and quarterback uncertainty trump talent. I think OBJ was a perfect example of this last year. Um, not going to be on my team. Don't want to do a max of 2019. It looks rough. Dude, oh, my God. You're absolutely right. But what if he's healthy? Like you're... You've been saying that for how many years now? I know. <laughs> I know. That's why I drafted him. It was stupid. Yeah. But still. I mean, you stayed strong, though. I'll give you that. Right. Max didn't, didn't help me. Please don't uh, be on my team. Um, so okay, please don't be on my team. AJ Green was going to be one of them. I'm going to go off of that. Um, okay. So please don't be on my team, Jamison Crowder. If I pick Jamison Crowder, um, it, it probably wouldn't be until the thirteenth round or so. Ultimately, I just don't want to watch Jets games. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I don't have a problem with their defense, but I. I watched Darnold last year post mono and he was painful to watch. I started him against the Patriots, that elite Patriots defense, like an idiot on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um, James and Crowder, please don't be on my team. I won't draft Perriman. He's not even going to be on my, I won't draft him list, but Crowder's the guy I would get from this offense. I just hope I don't end up with him. Um, yeah. My second guy, please don't be on my team. Alshon Jeffrey. You know, if you AJ Green is 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 bad. He is the yeah. the picture of exactly what Cause is talking about. But I mean, Alshon Jeffrey's been that guy for what five or six years, and right. somebody always drafts him in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. And whenever I'm doing the preseason power rankings, I'm like, man, if Jeffrey stays healthy, their roster is going to look pretty good because they got him in a good round. But he never fucking does when he is healthy he can put up 150 yards two touchdowns look like the best wide receiver in the league but he just doesn't so yeah. i he's he's on my please don't be on my team if he's available there in like the sixth seventh round i'm i have to take him because that's stupid not to but mm-hmm. i don't want him okay all right i got two please don't be on my teams alan robson please don't be on my team i don't want to watch I do not want to watch Bears games. No I think that uh, there is a certain peak that happens for wide receivers, and Allen Robinson is still up there, but he's on his way down uh, for a team that uh, one quarterback will definitely not start all 16 games. Please don't be on my team, Allen Robinson. Also, Scary Terry, please don't be on my team. I do not want to spend draft capital on any Redskins or Bears at any point. Um, I do not want to watch that game hoping that you throw it that way. Please don't be on my team. Scary Terry. Cause give me two players that absolutely will not be on your team in 2020. 
wait, first cause, Alan Robinson, you made a noise, I made a noise. Yeah, absolutely. That's ridiculous. Right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't see that. Wasn't he traded, who was he, wasn't he traded for Mike Evans? Didn't Danny trade him Mike Evans for Mike Evans last year? I mean, yeah, last year, absolutely. I'm just saying. Yeah, but like, I mean, I had Mitch. I know how painful it is to have Mitch. It's mm-hmm. terrible. Like, it even, this is why I wasn't on the podcast last year is because I had Mitch. I didn't want to go through the, hey, what's it like to be 4-0 and o or 0-4 and 4 right now? <laughs> but, like, I would totally take Allen Robinson. He's 26 years old. How can he be on a downward trend? He hasn't even <laughs> hit a trend yet. You know, his only trend is playing for shitty quarterbacks. <laughs> and still producing, right? He's still yeah. top 15 right receiver last year. Right. Whatever. Okay. I think it was just a cop-out. Huck chose someone from what? The, the Bears and... I'm telling you, he's going to have a down year. I mean, you guys like Allen Robson. Take Allen Robson. I will be taking people like Taysom Hill. You're taking Allen Robson. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. Moving on. All yeah. right. Um, absolutely will not be on my team. I have down Jameson Crowder, but this is really just penciled in for anybody on the Jets offense. Wow. Uh, um, and my other guy absolutely will not be on my team is Edelman. I think he's done. I agree with Huck. Um, I don't want him. Cameron, you can have him. Okay. Max. So, absolutely won't be on my team. My cop-out answer would be Colts receiver. Just insert any of them. I hate the fucking Colts. But uh, I'm not going to count that. You guys made fun of me for it um, and how much I said it in the QB podcast. So, absolutely will not be on my team. Julian Edelman. Completely agree for all the reasons I just said. I would pick another one, but he is truly on my no way. Zero percent chance he's going to be on my wow. Um It's just we don't know who's throwing to him. The dude drops passes at a, an incredibly high rate, and he has been catching passes from the best quarterback of all time for his entire career. And now he's not doing that. He's doing the polar opposite of that. So no, I, I, I want I want no part of them. Um, as far as my second, definitely won't be on my team. Give me the entire San Francisco 49ers receiving staff. You just said I, about Jalen Hurd. You just said you like I'm him. interested in Jalen Hurd. Well, now uh, you can't pick Jalen Hurd. I, I well, okay, here's the thing. Jalen Hurd is the kind of guy where if you get too drunk, which this has happened, okay, where you fall asleep for the latter rounds and you wake up and you're asleep, like, sure. oh, give me another defensive back. You know, like – He's the kind of guy that, yes, if he gets five or six targets week one, he's the kind of guy I would pick up and hold for a little while. Oh, I'm so you're talking, gonna, you think he's a free agent? I think he's a free agent. I'm I think most of these guys. I'm going I, to pick him. I think Ayuk gets drafted, and I think you draft Jalen Hurd then, and I'm not going to draft either one of those guys. It, that's not the way this offense works. This team is a classic. We're going to move the ball on the ground with a bunch of really good running backs and have an elite defense and they wrote that to the Super Bowl last year there's no reason to change it uh, their best case scenario is Ayuk turns into a good weapon and they throw slightly better but that doesn't mean they move away from what worked last year they don't need to change the equation so that's why Jimmy G is low for me and that's why I'm not interested in any of their wide receivers because until proven otherwise none of them are good enough especially with that volume to be worth starting every week and I'm not talking about one week out of six, everybody has a breakout at some point. I'm talking about consistently as somebody you plug in your lineup every week or even 
hold on your bench waiting to blow up, you know? So those are, those are my two. I think we should have a, uh, at the draft, we should have a round where everybody has to say players from the 49ers as fast as possible. Ayuk, Juszczyk, Garoppolo. Ayuk, Juszczyk, Garoppolo. It's hard to say. Ayuk. It took me a while to get that down. Ayuk. Juszczyk, I, I won't have Garoppolo. to say it. I, I, that's the thing. Oh, I don't, I don't have to line it. Okay. Because right. I'm not going to, not going to, don't want to. Okay. My absolutely will not be on my team. Uh, Cortland Sutton is not going to be on my team. Uh, I just, I don't think, I, I think he's going to go, somebody's going to be really excited about the Broncos. I don't know who's going to be. If somebody's going to go in thinking the Broncos are going to be a high powered offense, I think they're going to falter at times. And I think, uh, even if Drew Locke does show that he can be a competent quarterback, uh, they do have Jerry Judy there um, with with a with a slew of running backs. So uh, I don't think Cortland Sutton reaches the point that he did last year, even though Joe Flacco's not there. My other one is uh, Hollywood, uh, Hollywood Brown. I Hollywood Brown is going to be somebody's number two receiver. He's going to be drafted as somebody's number two receiver. Probably somebody that either doesn't trust me or didn't listen to the podcast. Um, they're going to see it as Lamar Jackson is a top quarterback. Hollywood Brown is his top receiver. So connect the two, he must be great. Hollywood Brown is going to be like wide receiver 30 something, which would be a good wide receiver three or a decent wide receiver three but not enough for somebody to take him in the fifth or sixth round, which is what somebody's going to do. Um, I wouldn't take him anywhere before like the 15th round. I don't want that kind of right receiver on my team. So now we finished with that. I got uh, pretty much one more question for y'all. Do you think Antonio Brown or Josh Gordon plays for an NFL team this year? Cause. No, I don't really care. Don't care. Not on your not on your list at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to mix with that. I've, I, you know, obviously for different reasons. I had Zeke last year. I don't want to deal with somebody who is a questionable player. Right. I want somebody who's going to play, who I know is going to play sixteen games out of season. I don't want to be fucking trading Trevor all year long again. Yeah. Okay, Max. Uh, fool me once on Antonio Brown. I'm I'm good on him. That being said, I hope that he plays, even though he's a nut job. The NFL is just more fun whenever you have a receiver that good in it. You know, I if if he I I don't think he gets drafted unless he is cleared to play and on a team by the time we draft. But you know, if if he is going to play for one week, I might pick him up. I do think Josh Gordon ends up on a team this year. Um, so merry go round. Uh, that's a, it's, but Josh Gordon in his limited time last year with the Seahawks was good, and you know I've already seen. The, I think and there were rumors. The Patriots. Uh, was he on the Patriots? I thought he was just yeah. on the Seahawks last nah, year. I got cut by the Patriots. Okay. Seahawks well, couple. Either way, he was decent with the Seahawks last year. I already saw something on Roto World about him uh, potentially talking with the Redskins. Um, Great. Which, you know, they could use a, a second wide receiver behind the elite scary Terry. Um, but, yeah, I, ultimately, for fantasy purposes, yeah, just like cause, I'm not all that interested. It's funny because if Antonio Brown does get signed, then it does obviously pique a lot of people's interest. I mean, what if he signs with the Redskins? What if he signs with the Steelers again. 
What if he's the number two for the Steelers? Uh, you know, what if they kiss and make up? It, you don't know. But uh, it will be interesting to see. If he doesn't have a contract by week one, I guarantee somebody takes him in their draft. I can guarantee that. Uh, Josh Gordon, maybe not. I took him last year in the draft. Uh, I released him before week one. I think he does play, but I don't think Josh Gordon has left in him. Um, uh, and nobody should trust him if they do. Uh, it's maybe a waste of one, two moves if you do. So, uh, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Thank you, Cause, for joining us uh, for this podcast. Uh, we do appreciate you being here and uh, and taking some time. Looks like you're outside there uh, to talk with us on wide receivers. Congratulations on your wide receiver year last year, and uh, we look forward to your sophomore year to see how you do. Um, guys, join us next week for our tight end episode where we have me, Max, and Shedig go over the tight ends of the league. Uh, looking forward to it. And uh, anything else you guys got to say? Uh, I don't know. Wear your face condoms. Wear your face condoms. Wear your mask. <laughs> Wear your mask. Uh, that's that's uh, inexcusable. In between now and the draft, please, please, please wear a mask. All right, I'll see you guys. Uh, uh, worth, uh, it's worth ahead. noting, just, just saying, it's June. And every one of these episodes, so I look at the, I like looking at the analytics for it. Every one of these episodes is getting 10 listeners in a week. So I'm hoping you guys are enjoying these. I know I've talked to a couple of people that say, you know, I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm looking forward to it, you know, when I get a long drive. Um, so I hope you are enjoying these. And uh, yeah, I'm the tight end expert for next week. So prepare yourself for some really arbitrarily good stuff. All right, see you guys next week, and uh, I'll stay safe.